Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, in preparation for Sabbath, January 13th, we look at Lesson 2, Teach Us to Pray. Together, let's see different modalities and also transformations that are found in prayers through the Psalms. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at the Adventist Learning Community. Together, we love learning and have 18 years of pastoral experience And now we have the privilege to dig deeper into the study. All right, here we are, lesson two of this quarter. And just a a quick caveat, I was uh, at church this past week and someone who was just picked up the quarterly and they said, it's on the book of Psalms. And they said it out loud and I said, yeah, it's on the book of Psalms. And then a person went ahead and spoke up and they said, I don't know how they're going to find content that's going to last for uh, all all these 13 weeks, if it's just going to be on the book of Psalms. And I said, you know, if you haven't listened to our bonus episode, and if you haven't looked ahead in the lessons, I said, I promise you that practically and theologically and and application-wise, there is some dynamite material that's coming up. And here we are, Michael. So lesson two, uh, our audience, I'm going to encourage us to do the same. Dragoslava Santrak, she's done such a excellent job, as well as the editing team of making sure that there's solid content leading us through the Book of Psalms. Yeah, I'm actually really excited about this lesson, Buster, because, you know, Sabbath quarterlies every once in a while, they'll recycle an old one or whatever, but this is this is fresh content and and it's very well crafted, well put together. And yes. I can't wait to, and as we're looking at Psalms, you know, let's dive in, you know, today, this week's lesson, teach us to pray. Yes. Our memory text comes from Luke chapter 11, verses, verse 1. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And so, Michael, uh, I know we took up a little bit of time with that little bit of a snippet, but, but tell us about fostering the use of the Psalms in prayer. Monday, uh, Sunday's lesson. Absolutely. You know, just like anything, like, you know, everything comes with practice and time right so you know and and if you invest in things like a relationship right as you invest in more and more over time relationships deepen the 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 motions and the complexity and everything else is, is so important i think that's true with our relationship with god that it's not about achieving some kind of super spiritual superhero status but but just a matter of spending time with someone, spending time with God. God wants to spend time with us. Amen. And so part of what, you know, Psalms, what we're learning this week is how do we be intentional about our prayer life? And so one way to do that, and that's really the focus of this week, is is using Psalms in prayer. And we can do, I think we could do a lot more in this respect. And and as I think about other different traditions. I just attended a, a academic a conference, this academic meeting, and and part of it was a walking tour of other religious sites. It gave us a chance to kind of pop in and see how different people are doing things. And I saw a service and and they actually were using Psalms. And I thought that was really interesting. And I, I wish sometimes one of the things I, I really love about worship is when we use scripture, read scripture, and, and it's there's something very biblical and we see this throughout church history too that many christian groups from the early christian church the reformation have brought us back to the importance of scripture and and so reading psalms thinking through psalms 
just to take them and say, Lord, I'm, I'm praying this prayer right now. This is where I'm at spiritually and, and find a voice of others in the past who have experienced. And there's a whole myriad of different emotions and experiences that we can resonate with when we read through Psalms. So this couple of key texts here, Psalm 105 verse 5, remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. So remembering how God has led through Psalms here, you know, these, these stories. Also remembering how God has led in each of our lives. So say, oh, you know, I, I didn't realize that's what was happening, but, but now I get a better idea, a better understanding of that. Or, and that's, that's really valuable. A couple other companion texts here. Colossians through 16, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through, check it out, psalms, hymns, <laughs> and songs Spiritual with the Spirit, songs. singing to God with gratitude in your heart. So here we have an example from the New Testament where we definitely we clearly see the psalms being used as a part of worship. And so here's one more from James 5.13. Is any among you in trouble? Let them pray. And is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. And that's sometimes translated psalms too. So this idea of singing, of reciting scripture psalms as part of our worship, part of our prayer life, very, very scriptural idea, something that we would all do well to remember. And, and sometimes maybe just kind of for this, you know, variety is the spice of life instead of praying yeah. the same way all the time, right? Uh, why not? You know, instead of, you know, having grace before your meal, read a psalm or perhaps for family worship, maybe have your children or somebody choose a psalm that then they can read as an expression, as an expression, as part of that worship experience. But there's a lot of different ways Amen. you can do it. It's encouraging, but think through psalms and ways that you can use psalms during your prayer life. But not only do we have psalms to help us in our prayer life, but Sometimes we get in trouble, and it certainly can resonate with that. You, you know, speaking of trust in times of trouble, as Dr. Sandtrack shared with us, there was times in her life where she was going through her doctoral studies, and her professor challenged her to actually read the Psalms as a prayer, right? And so mm, that's right. And so she talked about going through some really difficult times. I won't tell her story. You can hear it for yourselves by listening to that bonus episode. Exactly. But it was very moving and touching. And and Michael, I could tell you this, I've been trying that. It's been powerful. Mm -hmm. Just like you said, switching it up, just just praying. And then it's helped me to resonate and it's helped mm. me to realize that scripture is relevant to all ages. Yes. And and so here, trust in times of trouble. If this is the question it says, what is what is it saying to us and why is this relevant to believers in all ages? Psalm 44 verses 1 through 26. I'm not going to read everything here, but I I will share uh, the portion of scripture that uh, of this of the psalm that is shared in verse 18 and 19. Our hearts had not turned back. Our feet had not strayed from your path, but you crushed, uh, but you crushed us and made us hunt for jackals. You covered us all over with deep darkness. If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out the hand of a foreign God, would not God have discovered it? Since he knows the secrets of the heart. It's just powerful imagery there. And, and, and this is something else we have to, to remember, Michael. Like, can you imagine if a congregation got together today and actually shared this, actually set this together? This is something that has been missing Overall, I believe in many of our churches, not all of our churches, a lot of our churches still do this, 
but congregational reading of the word of God together, of not just hearing a sermon, but participating and sharing. And I know a lot of times our calls our call to worship or our scripture reading is done by a young person, they get up and they read, but there's something about it when there is this banter back and forth, which I still think can be led out by a young person. Uh, but there's something about congregational scripture reading together. And I, I want you to imagine this because sometimes we, we've made religion so such a individualistic movement. And it's supposed to be collectivist. The Psalms are written, written in collectivist language, but also there's some individualism there as well. But this is a lot of this is in plural. And so I, I want us to remember that, that, that that is why we're doing what we're doing. This is why we still have religion. This is why we still have denominations, because God has created us to be together and still make individual decisions to follow him. And so as we're talking about trust in times of trouble, it's not just me trusting for my family in time of trouble. I'm trusting for our entire body of believers trust in God when we're going through trouble. Uh, when things are happening over in Israel and it's hurting, we're hurting because on the deepest level, we're connected to each other through humanity because we're created in the image of God. We are definitely image bearers. So when someone in Ukraine is going through times of trouble, that's our trouble as well. And we should be praying for them. And we need to remember that. And so this is extremely relevant for us all. I'm going to end here with verse 26 of chapter 44. Rise up and help us. Rescue us because of your unfailing love. Rescue us because of your unfailing love. Once again, notice the plurality there and not just the individualism. Rescue me. You're going to see that through a lot of the Psalms of, of David and Asaph and several others, but you'll also see them crying out for the collective. And, and I want to remember that as we're praying through the Psalms. Yeah. So, Michael, please lead us here, a psalm of despair, Tuesday's lesson. Yeah, so not only do we get in trouble, but we find out that others in the past have gone through trouble, gone through trouble, and that even Jesus himself, one of the things we can look for in psalms are these kind of prophetic psalms that point forward to the Messiah, to Jesus Christ himself. Yes, yes. And that's probably the best example of that, that, that there is a Psalm 22. And if you ever feel like you're just, you know, in the doldrums, absolutely bottomed out and just don't know what to do or, or what's going on, maybe in deep depression, perhaps this psalm is a psalm for you. And it says it's from the, for the director of yeah. music to the tune of Doe of the Morning. Who knows what that is? We've lost that music, of course. And it says a psalm of David. And it goes on and starts out. I'm not going to read this whole psalm, but I encourage our listeners, as you have an opportunity, read through this psalm. And if you ever feel down, definitely read this song. But here it is. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. And then verse two, my God, I cry out today by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. And so here's a psalm where we can sometimes feel like that maybe God doesn't hear us, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this moment at the cross, of course, that points forward to Jesus where these words are quoted, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's a moment when even Jesus himself on the cross of Calvary with the weight of the sin of the world on his shoulders at that 
critical, a crucial moment in salvation history where, where the Messiah, the God-man, Jesus Christ, can empathize with those very words and points forward to Jesus. But we can also empathize because if we're really honest, there's low points. Every one of us faces in our lives. We're just like, you know, yeah, I don't know what to do here. How did this ever happen? You know, and it doesn't even have to be to you. It could be to a loved one. When we see a loved one going through deep pain and crisis, our hearts bleed for them as well. And we just pray, you know, why is this happening now? And, and we just can only trust in God. And, and that's part of what the Psalm does is it, it's a Psalm of despair, but it's a, a Psalm of faith and, and reaffirmation that reminds us that even when it doesn't sound like we hear God's voice, we look back and we see in the midst of all these terrible things, you know, and it talks about roaring lions and yes, a whole bunch of things. I'm glad I have, I don't have to face roaring lions, but <laughs> it's pretty bad here, Buster. It talks yeah. around me, a pack of villains encircles me. They pierced my hands, my feet. I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty bad. But then this, this little glimmer of hope, but you Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. And when we do face challenging circumstances, whatever they may be, despair, depression, that's the prayer that we need to pray. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me and, and to pray and trust God for his deliverance. And it's just such an encouraging, beautiful word of scripture that all of us need to kind of keep and remember that, uh, that we have these words of scripture, the living words that live in our lives, that we can claim these, these promises. We can claim these psalms, this particular psalm, as an expression, reminder of our hope in God. Yes, I love that, Michael. Which, by the way, is kind of the topic of the next psalm, too, from despair to hope. Yeah, you know, I love how you transitioned us to hope already. And, you know, this this next psalm is very near and dear to my heart. My dad, growing up, was a singing evangelist, and he still goes around and sings, just slowed down a little bit now. But he had these business cards. On his business cards, he had Psalm 13, verse 6, which we're going to get to. But our lesson brings out here and asks this question. It says, as you're looking at Psalm 13, it says, Look at the differences. Uh, can you distinguish two main moods uh, here in this psalm? And it's a short psalm. It's only these six verses. But, but listen to this uh, first one, Michael, and an audience. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? And then I'm going to jump down here to verse five and then six. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord praise for he has done good to me. Or I, I love the other versions that say, for he has done bountifully to me. Uh, as, as I'm reading that, Michael, you, you see this, this uh, sadness, this disquietedness that comes over this uh, psalmist. And then at the end, hey, things have turned around because I'm learning to trust in you. And that's one of the things I love about psalms and, and that sometimes I have qualms with the Adventist church about. Sometimes, Michael, we hide our feelings. We don't deal with feelings. Because the feelings are mystical and, and it's our mind over matter. Uh, but God created us as emotional beings. He created us with feelings so that we can overcome them, right? And we can not overcome them. We can, we can move through them. But in accordance to his will, according to, his, to scripture, we see several times in scripture where Christ was overwhelmed with emotion, where he wept for Lazarus or 
where he flips the tables, right? And those were done out of love. You can do those things out of love. And, and the reason why I share that is because we see those same emotions going through these psalmists and they're sharing them. And I think that's why sometimes we hide from them because sometimes we're not comfortable expressing how we feel, but it's important for us to do it. Verse two here of, of Psalm 13, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord, my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And that's where the transition comes in. I will trust in your unfailing love and I will sing to the Lord for he has dealt bountifully with me. We see this, this, this metamorphosis that comes about because of communication with God, of relaying feelings, of processing them in real time with God and that despair transforming into hope. And that's our hope for our audience. It's a hope for myself. It's a hope for our families. I, I know there's times where that has happened to me where I'm upset or, or I'm, I'm disgusted or I don't know what's going on and you take it to God and something happens, Michael. There's something that happens when we connect with our God, when we connect with the divine. And I'm not just saying the divine and not mystical or anything like that. We're talking about connecting with Christ. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the Father. We're talking about scripture. We're connecting with God and he speaks to us in, in real time and calms us. He brings us to him. Uh, and later on, I, well, I'm not going to do it this week, but I have a personal story with the Psalms that God miraculously brought up in my life that, I mean, I wouldn't be the same man today if it weren't for that Psalm, sort of very similar to Dr. Sandrick. We just didn't have time that bonus episode. And I kind of mm -hmm. want to put a caveat, keep listening, because it's coming up in the upcoming weeks as we're going to share some more personal stories. But yeah, but as we're transitioning there, Michael, Tell us about being restored again or restore us again. Right. Psalm 60. Psalm 60 it is. So this is for the director of music. Again, kind of curious to the tune of the Lily of the Covenant. Wish I knew what that was. For those that love the history of, of Christian music, Miktam of David for teaching. Okay, so, so Psalm, this is a little more didactic. And here it's, it's short. So I'm going to read this quickly here so we can think carefully. You have rejected us, God, and burst upon us. You have been angry. Now restore us. You have shaken the land and torn it open. Mend its fractures, for it is quaking. You have shown your people desperate times. You have given us wine that makes us stagger. But for those who fear you, you have raised a banner to be enfurled against the bow. Save us and help us with your right hand that those you love may be delivered. And so you see this parallelisms, you know, kind of reminds me of, of some, you know, you know, some of the great works of poetry, some of the contrasting lines back and forth. And this is uh, maybe like Dante or something, right? It, right. You, you have rejected us, you know, but, but yet now restore us. And so there's moments where we have to re recognize and acknowledge our our feelings and our circumstances. And there are times in our lives, we just like, you know, we, things do feel hopeless. And yet we serve a God who loves us, who cares about us, who does in fact want to restore us. And it may not feel like it while we're going through the furnace, but in the end, on the other side, we know that God will bring healing. God will bring restoration. God will, despite the staggering we experience at the moment, will eventually unfold the great banner that gives us hope, that will give us joy, 
that we will see. And so we have to cling to that promise, promise of deliverance. This just ask the questions, where, where would this be suitable to pray? Well, you're probably not going to use this at a baby dedication. <laughs> that would, that would be interesting. Probably not a wedding. <laughs> probably not. But I would probably use this to encourage a friend who's discouraged or going through a hard time. Yeah, and how, get, how many? At a funeral. Yeah, maybe even. Yeah, I, that would be good. That would yes. be appropriate, apropos. And uh, so somebody that's that's going through challenges. And yeah. uh, we were just talking, Buster, about each of us sharing, kind of catching up a little bit before we were recording. How we have some loved ones who are facing some health challenges right now, yes, you know, and yes. Please in the midst in of prayer. praying for those loved ones, you know, we recognize that, uh, yeah, it may look very difficult, but there is, we, we pray and cling to that promise of hope and restoration. And most of all, God's love and mercy that he does want to deliver us. And even worst case scenario, whatever that might look like for any one of us, that he will ultimately restore us when he comes again. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. Hope for restoration, even when we don't see it, having trust in it. Uh, absolutely love it. Thank you, Michael. So teach us to pray with the Psalms. Yes. <laughs> and so actually try it. Try it out, audience. Try out praying. And we're not going to hold you any longer because we're going to give you time to go out and pray through the Psalms. Take that time and, and just there's nothing like, you know, try it again for the first time, right? You know, like the cereal. Kellogg's, I think that was one of their advertisements. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, you know, we can, we can tell you, but there's something different from experiencing it. Yes. Well, till next week, uh, thanks for listening to another episode of the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast. This is your host, Soup. And Swoops. Anyhow. As we wrap up, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Adventist Learning Community and Ministry of the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventists. You can join us each week by subscribing on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure you share with as many people as possible. And be sure to give us feedback by rating our podcast and go to our website, SaddleSchoolRescue.org, for each weekly episode.